XY Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. Listen, I've got a guest that I've been waiting, just waiting to have on this podcast, and she actually fell into my lap, not (laughs) physically, but she fell into my lap because we connected on a number of levels, and the least of which is the fact that she is an alumni of Howard University, where I am an alumni. Right, you? Yes, kindred spirits, you know. So, uh, But Julia Sujak is an architect. She is a podcaster. She is the primary architect for the city of Hartford. I believe that's 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 her. well. That's the title we're going to give her for this episode, and and also which which is really exciting for our Zweig Letter audience is that she is part of the 2021 Elevate Her cohort for Zweig Group. And so, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Julia Sujak to the Zweig Letter Podcast. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. Thank you so for uh, thank you so much for having me. This is oh, exciting. I'm excited. It, it is exciting. So, you know, normally, but you know, just so folks know that we're not crazy, but typically my greeting to Julia would be, "What's up family?" cuz we went with the Howard. That's just how we roll and that's <laughs> yes. how we get down. Once a Howardite, always a Howardite. Always. So, you know, but uh and, and it's funny because Howard's been getting a lot of public publicity lately and as as have been a lot of historically black colleges and universities. And it's so funny because I've, I've been telling people all, you know, for as long as they would listen, especially in the design industry space that I'm like, there's a lot of good engineers and architects coming out of historically black colleges, but we're going to make that case today. And uh, I would love for you to share with our audience who Julia Sue Jack is. Give us your superhero origin story. Okay. Well, I am a very proud daughter of two amazing West Indian immigrants. Uh, They worked hard and, um, you know, when they they were growing up, it was, education was sort of the way to get off the island. Um, 
And which island was this? Uh, Barbados. Okay, Barbados. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so my dad, he is, he was, he's no longer with us, but he was the smartest human being on the planet. And he made his way up to Canada and he had me. My brother was born in Barbados and then they immigrated to Canada. They had me. I was born there. We stayed there for maybe four or five years and then we moved down into the Northeast portion of the United States. So I find that that is the beginning of what I call, um, I call myself born for diversity. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is my parents were West Indian immigrants. I was born in Canada. We came to the United States. The music my parents listened to was different. The stuff we ate was different. The way we worked and, and the, the way my parents parented was different. Um, what we found was most important was different than the community I grew up in. And so having to go through that, I had to learn how to speak a different language, not necessarily a different language, but in terms of um, cultural language, um, understand other people's music while still appreciating mine, different colors of people. Um, And then, you know, as I went through school and went through architecture and my career, which maybe we'll get into, maybe not, but I went through a diversity of different parts of the industry. And just to sum it all up, from all of that, I really feel like I've found an appreciation for the differences of people, the differences of um, within our industry. And diversity to me is not a complicated thing. I don't struggle with it. Um, people who are with different view, completely different views, I'm not mad at you. I may absolutely not agree, but I know that you are a human like I'm a human and it's all right. So I really feel like that journey as a young person and being born of a, a people of a different culture helped me. And then growing up in an area where people were completely different made it just part of who I am. It's not, um, you know, some people who grow up with one type of culture or one type of color, you tend to only feel comfortable there. Um, I think I, I like to think I feel comfortable anywhere. You know, I can go to India and I, I know I'll be different and odd, but I won't have a problem with you. It might not be the same the other way around, but right. I will feel comfortable because I know you might speak a different language, have a different accent. It doesn't bother me that you don't speak English the way I do. Um, when people are learning English, it's, you know, some people are irritated by it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love languages. I love cultures. I love different dress. I love different behaviors. So... I see that as my part of my superhero story because just that journey helped me to understand something that I think a lot of people are just trying to f- learn from books and and lectures right now. So, yeah, I love that. That's I mean that's great. That's that's exactly a great place to start. Hmm. I, I would ask. I mean, I'm curious to know since your dad was the smartest guy in the world, was he on the, the planet? One, on the planet. Was he the one that kind of directed your path towards architecture? Did you come to home one day after school and say, Daddy, I want to do architecture? Or what was it that kind of aligned you on that path? Yeah, absolutely not. I wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> now, I know a lot of you can't see me or none of you could see me because this will be a podcast. But You I'm appear a, to be I'm, pretty tall. I'm 5'11". Okay. And, yep. you know, it, you know I'm, I'm over 50 now, so I'm a little 
rounder than I was back then. But I wasn't, you know, the typical really lean, skinny, petite uh, girl. But I wanted to be a ballerina so bad. There's nothing else I wanted to do in life. So, you know, around junior year, they start asking you, what do you want to do with your life? And I was fighting to be a ballerina, but it, my teacher kept telling me it wasn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, so you try to put the things together that you like. And I, lo- I, I was really good at math. I love it. Um, and I loved art, but I wasn't a, um, a natural artist. I wasn't a um, visual artist by nature. It wasn't one of those things that came easy. So, yeah, my dad said, why don't you put those two together and try architecture? And senior year, I took a CAD class in high school and said, why not? Let's just do it. So it wasn't one of those, I want to be an architect from the minute I was born. <laughs> I now, just formulated it. That's so. funny. Now, did you know going into it that uh, architecture was like a five-year commitment? Because, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's how Howard's program was, five years. And, it's and five so. years, and that did not scare me at all. <laughs> okay, I think okay. One thing that scared me is when we got into class, and the first class we, one of the first classes we took, we had to do a floor plan. And who knows what a floor plan, what is, what is that? And you know, you don't have the capability in your brain to visualize what the floor plan looks in 3D and how big things should be. So I wish I kept it because it was probably a hot mess. So it was just really getting your brain into it. But, you know, I love school. So five years didn't scare me. Wow. If you would, if you would pay me to go to school, I would go to school for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I, I, I mean, well, and we had, we were there pretty much at Howard the same time. I mean, you came in a year before I did, but um, mm-hmm. we, there were people there we can all attest to that were there on the long term plan. You know, yes. people that had started in 82 <laughs> and were still trying to wind things up in 88, 89. So right. I think, yeah. you know, How, Howard had such a reputation. There were some people that came and stayed. Yeah. And then stayed and stayed some more. So, you know, yeah. and then there were yeah. people that came and left. I, I always tell folks all the time. I'm like, listen, I was in school. I was in class with Sean Puffy Combs. We called him P. Diddy at the yes. time. And, and uh, Puff, you know, we were, the, the, weren't we? The, the Puff and D thing, those parties they used to throw <laughs> all the time. And, and uh, he'd come into my history class and he was just um, he basically did not want to be there. And I got it. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, later on in life, I, I mean, I've run into him a few times and dapped him up and said, hello, talk to him and all that. But I mean, he was just on a, t- a different trajectory, but you know, it's Howard actually was that fertile ground that kind of showed you. And I, I actually think Howard contributed actually to his success mm. because he was able to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of wet his teeth and throw events and do kind do all kinds of cool things. And, uh, I know he brought, uh, um, the notorious B.I.G. for those that are rap fans. He was the <laughs> first person to bring the uh, notorious B.I.G. to Howard University, Crampton Auditorium. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff happened. But, uh, you know, I think there were very it was a real entrepreneurial mindset on our campus. And uh, people yes. were given wide latitude to express themselves and try different things. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it worked out. And you expressed yourself through architecture. And yes, I you, did. You've pretty much mm-hmm. never looked back. I mean, I, I, you know, if you look at your your, you know, your history and, and where you've been, you've done so much. Um, what 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 has architecture meant to you over the years? Because you've clearly have expanded and gone beyond just coming out and becoming a designer. You you saw something more out of the uh, out of a, a career of, a, of an architect. 
Right. Yes. And I wish I could tell you that that was all on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of it was circumstance. You know, I got laid off a couple of times. I started straight in architecture. I'm going to be just honest with you. So I told you when I was young, I didn't dream of being an architect. This is not that wasn't a dream of mine. So after I got out of architecture school, you go through the five years and you're designing things. You're in charge. You are presenting. It's all your ideas. And, you know, you're learning about other designers and what they're doing and how they're building the shapes. And then you get out of school and you're set, you sit at a desk and you're told to draw uh, site plans and floor plans and go get this um, approved at the building department. And so... The first few years, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, pull out my fingernails and feel better than this. Because <laughs> the whole creative part was, that's not what you were there to do. You were there yeah. just to, to, to work. I know some get out and they have the the blessing of being able to be designers right away. But that wasn't me. Um, so, yeah, so I journeyed through architecture. I, uh, I worked for an interior design firm for a short time. Um then I was able to get into construction employ- workforce development, um, helped young people get into the construction trades, which was good, because that's the, another side where you get to understand what unions are about and what labor is about and how that's all developed from that side. Um, then did some project management for a construction company, uh, pre-construction, pre-construction management. So I it was just thankfully a wide range of things that I have been able to understand the industry full circle. Um, so it wasn't on purpose, but you know, a few layoffs, you had to, you had to take some turns. Um, after you got sick of being laid off from architecture, I said, let me get a construction management uh, master's. Let me see what I can do with that. And that got me into that pre-construction management. And I really fell in love with management. I think when I worked with WSP, in project controls. And I realized, you know what, this is this is for me. Because it's budget tracking, you know, like I told you before, I love math. So I love tracking budgets. I love making spreadsheets. I love having meetings. That's another thing I learned at Howard University, we would do our presentations. And I, I love that part, because being with the people, talking to people, coming up with ideas, uh, figuring out the problems, I love tracking. Um, so it sort of came full circle, but I couldn't have gotten here if I didn't understand how all the other stuff works. If I don't understand how the building is put together and how the people put the building together and what goes on in the inside, in the interior, and how the money is tracked. So all those different avenues, you know, it, it really makes up a good project manager because you can manage all the parts and understand where things might drop off and sort of foresee what might happen. So um, it's been an amazing career. I will tell you, confession, I have looked to the left and I have looked to the right. There are times when I was like, I am absolutely done with this stupid architecture. This is stupid. And for a few reasons, one reason, one big reason was I was really honestly sick and tired of being the only black woman who walked in every darn room that I went into. I, I was tired of being the zebra. I was tired of, you know, sometimes coming in rooms where people are looking at you like, what are you doing here? And I was just tired of it. I said, I want to go into something where my people are. I yeah. want to. I don't. I don't really know what that was, but I was just. You just get tired of trying to always validate yourself. Um, but then it came to a point around my fiftieth. That's where where this facing fifty came from. Around my fiftieth birthday, my father had passed away just before my fiftieth birthday. All at that time, again, I was thinking, what am I doing in this career? I'm stuck. 
And then I, I looked at myself in the mirror, um, you know, after some serious soul searching, and I said to myself, well, how can I be telling young people to get into this amazing profession? How can I help them if I leave the room, then nobody else will come in and the next lady will be in the room by herself? So I said, listen, I'm not going to do this for myself. I'm going to do it for the others, for other young people. And so at that moment, I said, listen, I had, I didn't have my architecture license at that point. And I said, I'm going to get, I'm going to go to go back. I'm going to study for this license. I'm going to take all these exams and I'm going to finish them in the next seven months. And, and that's what I did. So the motivation was completely different. It was, it was less selfish, but more purposeful. So, you know, I think that's when I stopped looking to the left and the right and decided this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. Well, maybe not who I am, that might be going too far, but this is what I do for a living. I've spent so many years doing it. I have so much information. I have so much to share. So maybe that's the point of it all. You know, and, and it's so funny that you mentioned that because I do know a bunch of architects that have never gone to get their license, right? You know, and yeah. it's it's a common thing. It's not like, and there's some yes, amazing is. architects that don't have their license. You're like, oh my God, you're not licensed. And, you know, in my former days when I was a recruiter at Zui Group and we did executive search work, I mean, obviously you were always looking for an architect um, that had a license, you know, yes. in CARB, you were just, you were looking for somebody that had the ability to be licensed that could sign documents the whole nine yards. Yes. And and that was a big deal. But but I have noticed lately it's not as pronounced as it used to be. And I don't know, mm. do you do you feel that way? Do you feel that it that maybe the acknowledgement that everybody doesn't have to go that path, uh, it's more maybe more acceptable than it was previously? Yes, I do think so. I think people are accepting it for others and for themselves that I don't, I don't really have to get a license. I like what I'm doing. Um, I would advise young black women, however, to get it. I was advised years and years ago that, you know, you really should get it. Because again, just to be honest with you, it's, the, it's a credential that, they'll, that you can't get overlooked when you have it. Um, Wait, before you, go, it, before you go yeah, any further, okay. I think we should set the table <laughs> because I think one of the things that I was sharing with you be, on, off air before we started this was yeah. um, just the simple fact that I don't think people realize how few black women have their architectural license. Yeah. And I was in a group I've, and I participated in a lot of groups with a lot of young design professionals. I'm always encouraging them, telling them that mm -hmm. they can do amazing things. And, you know, but one of the conversations going back and forth were a couple of young ladies that were studying for their license. And, you know, the one was like, if I get it, I'm going to be number 491 or something like that. But at the time, and this was like last year in the, at the height of the pandemic, mm -hmm. there weren't even 500 women, black women that had an architectural license. Right. And I don't think people realize how few there are. I don't know how many black men there are that have architectural yeah. license. That would be a good number to find out. But yeah, there's only there's there's like about 500 of you guys in the whole, yeah. you know, that have a license, uh, have an architectural license. Yeah, so I think yes. just perspective alone is important. Exactly. And unfortunately, like everything else, you need the more tools you have in the toolbox, the less excuses people have to excuse you from the room. So um, I encourage it's you know, it's, it's an expensive thing. It's, it's, it's expensive to take the license exams. It's like the books are expensive. 
it's hours and hours and hours of studying. But when you're done, no one can say, well, you know, mm, I would have, but, you know, if you just had the license, you know, there's just no, yeah, it just take wipes that right off the table. Yeah. I mean, it totally, but I, you know, because I say to myself, too, I didn't, did I really need it? I didn't really need it, but it helps. It's helped me, I think. Yeah. And it seems like it's, it has informed how you are interacting with the next generation and um, some of the things that you're doing. I noticed that you did something with um, uh, the Young Architect Summer Series Workshop. You did your superhero story. And I, I'm just going to read this little, little blurb here. But as architects mm-hmm. and architects in process, we spend a lot of time looking around, emulating and trying to be something. But the more time we spend looking around, searching and trying to make the less time we have to spend becoming the professional that we are meant to become. Mm-hmm. How do we turn this tide? We need to know our story, understand where we came from and connect with who uh, we are naturally when we are at our best. When we mm-hmm. understand that, that's our story. And, and, and we can, then we can be who we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know, yeah. did you write that or was that? That is not, nope, that wasn't me. That, that wasn't was the you. Young okay. Architects. Okay. Yes. All but, right. And that hasn't, that hasn't happened yet. That's going to happen in July. Oh, we're that teasing workshop. It. Well, yep. yeah, I spoke at that summer series workshop last year. I think that's did you really? Michael okay. Or, yes. Yeah. So Michael's a great yes. guy. I love Michael. He is, uh, he is this, um, and that's funny. I guess we can talk about that. He is this new generation of architects. That's not stuck in this old way or old wineskin thinking, if you will, as a designer. And so he's a kind of a breath of fresh air when I when I come across him and what he's doing and the way he's interacting. But what was the impetus behind this this particular topic that really resonated with you? Um, the the story, the my story, the thing that I'm going to talk about. Yes. Um, we all we're always looking for our purpose and our reason and um, our meaning. And from my point of view, your story is your power. Like I explained earlier, um, being the, being an immigrant, growing up in an area where everybody was different than me, the journey through, through the, my, the profession, that's my story. And when I look back at it, that is my, that is the thing that, has created my superpower, which is, you know, my F50 woman, my, my um, management. And the thing about it is it's not, um, I don't, it's not an accident and it's not um, premeditated. I can't think of a better word, but it's not something that you say, I'm going to formulate this now. Okay, so I want to be great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work at this company. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try to speak this language, and then I'm going to be great. It's something that you have to you have to look back on, see where you've been, really analyze who you are, um, understand what you like and what you don't like, and when you put all of that together, you understand where your power lies. Yeah. So that's sort of a synopsis. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, I love um, that. That's great. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait. Now, will that be um, virtual or in person? That's virtual. Okay, it is going to be virtual. Yeah, the one yeah. that we did was virtual too. And I, I think I brought um, Gregory Minot from Dream Collaborative up in Boston, as well as um, uh, James Garrett Jr. 
uh, an outstanding architect uh, out of um, um, Formula Architects in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So uh, they nice. participated last summer in a panel that we did for the Young Architects Summer Series. So I would encourage anybody listening to this to definitely check out Michael Versica, mm-hmm. uh, the Young Architects podcast and, and the Young Architects Summer Series. Um, you could do a lot worse than spending a couple of days with those guys. And I think Michael is just on the cutting edge of where design leaders are going in in the future. And he is, you know, he is that next generation. He's younger than both of us. So, and uh, he definitely has a a good head on his shoulders. So would encourage Mm -hmm. anybody listening to this Wide Glitter podcast to check out the Young Architects Summer Series. So um, it it is Randy approved and Julia approved for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) It's it's an animal that you probably won't recognize when you see it. Right, right. Because, yeah, it's it's something that helps everybody in the cycle yeah the owners the company owners will benefit the new those people who are interested in architect will benefit those who are taking the exams benefit everybody benefits Mm -hmm. and and i say nothing is free by saying that everybody has to put in some work but everybody gets something out of it i think it's amazing no you're you're absolutely right and as i'm listening to you say that i think more design firm owners design firm leaders the folks in the c-suite need to spend more time hearing from this next generation and what they're, what they're going through. And I was blown away by the stuff that I was hearing from a lot of really bright young design professionals. And, and some of it was disheartening and some of it was encouraging, right? At the same time, it's like disheartening because I'm still hearing the same old crap being fed to young people that are coming out of the, coming out of school into the design profession that I was hearing back in the 90s and it's still being shared today. And I'm just like, man, come on, we got to do better than that. And uh, and I think it's important for us to do that. And so programs like uh, this other program that that you're a part of, the Elevate Her cohort um, Mm -hmm. is is helping to to bring some understanding to that. Right. And and to create language around what is and what isn't acceptable for young design professionals and just design professionals in general, and also giving voice to those that have not traditionally had a voice in this space. And so I think it's really important. I would love uh, for you to talk about your experience with the Elevate Her cohort, since it is something that Zwei Group does and puts on. And I think this is the second second go round of this cohort. We've actually had a couple of people um, from the first cohort on. um, uh, Marcia Alvarez was on and. there's, we've had some really, but this, so I was blown away by the quality of people that were part of this, but I would love for you just to kind of share your experience and what your takeaways have been thus far. Cause it's not over, but no. Yeah. Yeah. We're maybe a quarter <laughs> of the way through. Yeah. So when I first got involved, it, um, the ideas that come out of a group of people getting together with a common purpose and a common understanding is amazing things they came they things that the first cohort came up with were like wow that is such a good idea um and i always loved being in a room where you don't have to convince everybody that this is a problem that needs to be solved or something that needs to be addressed i think my overall challenge is really for everybody for all of us and it's not just necessarily the cohort but all of us to really get comfortable with talking about diversity. It's not a secret word that we say. 
you know, it, sometimes it feels like you say diversity, everybody's like, oh, what do you mean? What did I do? Yeah. What? <laughs> so, you know, just say diversity means everybody. It doesn't mean just some some people. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to be take part in it. And, you know, I, what I also really love about it is you can share your experiences and share your opinions and share your ideas and really come out with a great product that um, is balanced and effective. So I'm really excited to be part of it. And it's a lot, a lot of work, but it's so worth it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, you know, the next five years or so when some of this stuff can come out. Exactly. And be full blown. That should yeah. be, that's awesome. And how many people are part of this particular cohort? Do you know? Um, goodness, I want to say maybe 30. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a yeah. great program. Our group has about five. Yeah. Okay. It's a great program. I, I want to encourage everybody to check it out and we'll put uh, a link in the show notes to the Elevate Her mm-hmm cohort and uh, so that people can can get involved with that and, and folks like Jamie Claire Kaiser uh, as well as uh, um, uh, Christie's wide kneehouse and and so many others are, are doing some great things there with with uh, with you guys and and I, I can't yes, wait to see are. what comes out of that so that that should be yeah. good so so you you've worked on the private side of things and mm-hmm. and you recently uh, took a position with the city of Hartford Connecticut. And uh, Hartford is a town that I spent quite a bit of time in because uh, mm-hmm. I had some very close friends of mine that were from Howard. We have mutual friends that I, I they were but my best friends from college. And so I spent a lot of time up in Hartford. I always liked Hartford. I thought it was a cool city. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what's that been like for you uh, moving over from the private sector into the public sector and, and, and working for, a, you know, a city like Hartford? Uh, that's yes. had its challenges, mind you. And, and um, you know, what is that what has that experience been like as an architect? Um, so far, it has been amazing. And I'll tell you why. Everybody in the city, in our department, the Department of Public Works, everybody is very is dedicated to doing their part. And the purpose of it is different because we're not. um we're not for profit. It's a little bit more relaxed in the sense that, okay, we're trying to get this done. We're trying to get this done right because either the children, you know, we're building this for the children or we're building this for the community. We want this park to look great so they would feel like they're valued. So the, the reasons why we're doing everything is different. So, you know, if you know me, I'm, I'm a let's serve kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm not money motivated. So, you know, I don't want to count myself out of a for-profit organization maybe sometime in the future, but I'm very much, I want to get the job done. I want to get it done right because the people who are going to be using the facility are the whole reason we're doing it. And it's very much that feeling about everything we do. When I first got there, I was, um, you know, when you hit the the ground running and you're like, okay, we got to get this done and you're really um, hurry, 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 hurry up. Let's get it done. What's happening? Why aren't things done? Here it's sort of like, okay. It's all right. You know, it takes a little bit of time. It slowed down a little bit. And then don't forget why we're doing this. It's, it always comes back to, well, we want the community to feel welcomed. We want them to feel valued. We want this to look good so they know we care, so they'll take care of it. And um, so the purpose of, of it all is great. And, you know, things take a little longer just because it's not our money. It's It's the people's money that we're spending. Right. So... We can't just, I can't, as the architect, just say, hey, we're going to build this my way. 
we have to really get agreement with everybody who's speaking for the people who live there. So it takes a little longer, but it's not because we don't care. So I, I think that's a perspective I got. I have different than, you know, government takes so long. And oh, my gosh, what's taking so long? And they just don't care about us. But it's because you can't let one individual make a decision for a whole group of people. So, you know, there's there's uh, checks and balances in there. So I, I really love it. I think it's um, it's a place where we're all working together. And like I said, everybody has a job to do. So I'm the architect. We have um, civil engineers. So if there's something that crosses over the boundaries that I need them to help with, they're just right there. Right. Everybody's right on. So I, I think it's... I think it's a well-oiled machine at this point. I don't know what was happening before I got there, but <laughs> so, well, clearly, clearly they needed you uh, to, to show up and help I fixed out. Everything, so, yeah, no, it's, it's all good. Well, I mean, and and that's, and I think it's it it makes uh, it makes sense what you're saying because I think a lot of times people need to understand the public side of things, right? You know, I'm always telling yeah. design firms, you know, make sure that you're building relationships with those in leadership in the communities that you serve. Make sure you know all your stakeholders because unfortunately they they are not for not unfortunately, but you know, they hold they hold a lot of the keys to a lot of the things that you want to get done, both on yeah. the pi- private and the public side. And so those relationships are yeah. are invaluable. And I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that you've had a chance to kind of build some of those relationships or at least um, the, 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 it, it has been impressed upon you how important they are. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, but, um, so what, what's next for Julia? I mean, you got, like I said, you, you're, you're doing a lot of things. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. doing events in the summer with the, with the young architects. You, you've got a podcast. Um, you're, you're there with the city of Hartford, really making a mm-hmm. difference. What, what, what do you think is, is the next season for you? Um, and, and I know that's a tough question because we never really know what our next seasons are going to be, but I think right. we have an idea of what we would like them to be. So if I pressed yes. you hard, what would you say the next season would be? And, and, and what, what role would architecture play in that? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I have, I have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the, the next season for me, you know, my, my motto right now is I would, I really, and it's a, it's a big one, so I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I want to change the world one woman at a time. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but I, you know, I, I view my Facebook page and my LinkedIn page and my podcast and my daily work in architecture um, meetings, I, I view all of that as the story that I'm going to leave behind that either pulls the world down or, or picks it up. So in the future, I would, I look forward to maybe talking to groups of women, young women. I'd love to mentor if there's young women out there who are interested in architecture. And again, you know, it doesn't have to be black women. It could be any women. It could be men too. I would, you know, I'm not excluding the women. It's just because I understand that experience that I lean that way. But I would love, I love to help people be their best self to achieve their goals and just do great things. So I haven't formulated exactly how that works, but I'm always looking to figure out how can I help you? How can I push you? How can I take the information that I have gained and just fill you with it? And so you can run with it when I'm done filling you. 
So that's my dream. I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm really just, I'm looking forward to the possibility. Yeah. But I want, I, I'm desperate to leave this world uh, better than I left it. Better than you came in, huh? Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. about right. I mean, that that definitely yeah. sums it up nicely. So I love mm. I love how you shared that. And I think it's important that, um, you know, you have kind of allowed yourself to become completely well-rounded. And I think a lot of times with some design professionals, they become so, um, you know, myopic with their focus that they they stop looking around to see what else is going on and they don't they don't mm. take care of the complete self. You know, they're just they may be outstanding architects, but they may be bad in other areas. Right. And we all struggle with that. We, we, do. we all struggle yeah. with that. But we're, yes. it's, it's, you know, we have to take that Kaizen approach to consistently getting better. And when I do the leadership trainings, um, especially mm-hmm. for the ones that I do with Zwei Group, we're always talking about that, that everybody's a leader and everybody has to take it upon themselves, A, to self-care and take care of yourself. And then, yeah. I mean, you, you know, if you want to be the best version of yourself, it, it starts with you. And, yeah. and then it, it, it emanates from there. And so I think it's really important for people listening to this to, to you know, mm-hmm. definitely check in and see, are you taking care of yourself first? Because you can't take care of anybody else. You can't design the next greatest building uh, if you're not taking care of yourself first. So, right. you know, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's also goes to um, your story. The idea is that we're always trying to, and I know it. In architecture school, we oftentimes look at great architects and then we try to emulate their design style and we try to dress like them and, you know, you try to you try to take that on. But really being great means being you. And like you said, that's going to take some time for you to take a time out, you know, take care of yourself a little bit <laughs> and figure out who you are, Yeah, you know. I know for me, I was always trying to be great. And I think I was trying to be like my dad because he's so darn smart. And it it just wasn't me. It just, I didn't soak up information like he did. He was a bulldog. You know, you couldn't go in a room and and talk any nonsense to him because he'll make sure that you stop doing that. And next meeting, let's go. (laughs) Meaning this meeting's over. So he would give me advice to do that. It's just not my personality. It wouldn't come out right. And I'd probably just end up mad and fired. (laughs) So... Really figuring out who you are and what makes you you, your greatness in the world is not going to look like anybody else's greatness. Um, So it's really important for you to recognize that. I think we spend a lot of time looking at other people and thinking to be great, we have to be like them. But to be great, maybe, you know, we learn how to speak like Randy. We learn how to, I don't know, dance like Julia when I was younger. (laughs) But you do it your way. You learn a little, some of the skills, but then you do it your way. Right. And so that might mean you're, you're not on a podcast, or that might mean you're designing large buildings in Dubai. It might not. Um, and so that's all in figuring out your story and who you are. I think that's really important. Yeah. Because who's, who's happy trying to be, you know, if I'm sitting up here trying to be Oprah, I know. the worst Oprah ever. Trust me. And, and, <laughs> I'm going to And I think the, <laughs> the world is waiting in eager expectation for everybody to be the best version of themselves. And, and sadly, some people never hit that mark. And that's, uh, yes. that's unfortunate. But, um, yes. but, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things I'm always telling design professionals, because I always see it, it's, you know, I, I, I get it that, you know, 
this industry, the people that work within it really work hard. They put their nose to the grindstone, but sometimes you got to look up and smell the roses. Sometimes you have to appreciate the accomplishments. And I'm always reminding design professionals that you guys are some of the most important people in the world. You are responsible for the built environment and everything that we see, everything that we take in on a daily basis is because of the work that you do. And that's how important it is. And I think a lot of times design professionals forget that. Yeah. The small, the small parts and the big parts. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, my, I'll tell you one, one thing that my husband told me, um, years ago, we have five kids, so we were dancing between, and four of them are boys. So it was football games, baseball game. It was just constant, constant going. And I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be a great architect. I wanted to focus on my work. I don't want to run these kids around. I don't have time. And so I got to a point where after the children got a little bit older, I felt, I I felt bad because look at, look at this person over here. They're leading an architecture company, and this person over here is designing all these things. This person's CEO. The other person has a company of their own. And he just looked at me and said, you know what? You're missing your accomplishments. Because when you look at those other ladies, they're doing great and amazing things that they should get credit for. But look at the five children you have walking around the world. That is your, that is your accomplishment. And oftentimes we're doing it, and we can't even see that what we're doing is so much different than others. But boy, you know what? Your purpose. Don't miss it. You know, don't miss it looking around. Don't miss what you're doing looking at everybody else's um, castle, sand castle. Yeah, man. So that, yeah. that was that was hot. that was a hard one because I was always trying to keep up with the Joneses and yeah, be the great lady, great architect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, you 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 said a mouthful with that. That's for sure. And I think mm-hmm. I think somebody listening to this podcast needs to hear that. So, yeah. so I appreciate yeah. your your transparency and willingness to kind of share a little bit about your journey. So, so listen, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to mm-hmm. connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I would say probably LinkedIn Messenger. So I'm on LinkedIn, Julia Sue Jack. Um, if you're on Facebook, I'm on Messenger and I'm on Facebook there too. You can find me and that's Julia Sujak as well. Um, please check out my website, which is F, F as in Fred, 50woman, F50woman.com. And you can catch uh, the podcast there and you can see blogs there and you can just keep in touch with what's going on. And especially for those ladies who are 50 and above, Let's get together and let's, let's listen. You're not done yet. We're not done yet. Yeah, no. We're 50, but we're just, we're getting started. And if you're a woman over 50 and you're an engineer or an architect, or you know a woman over 50 that's an engineer or an architect, you need to introduce them to Julia Sue Jack and their, her podcast is great. I've listened to it. I'm, you know, as you guys all know, I'm a huge podcast fan, so mm-hmm. it is what it is, but the, I mean, she does an amazing job and it's very, very encouraging. And I was so glad that she shared that with me in the first place, but I would encourage you guys to check it out. We'll put all of that in the show notes so that you have all the ways to, to get connected with uh, Julia. And um, we, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. So 
Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This was this great. Was, this was a pleasure on, on many levels, the least of which is the fact that you're my fellow alum. So, you know, that, that's yeah. Right. So that, that, that's, <laughs> that's exciting. But, um, but thank you so much, uh, Julia Sue Jack for coming on the podcast. And we really appreciate you. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future and hearing about all your exploits, both as an architect as well as as a member of the uh, Elevate Her cohort at Zwei Group. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Stay tuned for the cohort number two. Absolutely, absolutely. And become cohort number that's three. That's right. There, yeah, be and we'll put one. information yeah. out there so people can consider joining. But I, I would encourage anybody listening to this that once you've heard this, you're like, man, I want to find out more about this. Elevate her. You, you'll be. Able, I'll make sure all that information is available for you, and you can always get that information at zweiggroup.com as well as uh, at the zweigletter.com website. So, so Julia, thank And there are also a couple of men involved in that. Oh, right. Yeah. It's not, I just want to put that out there. Yeah. It's not just women, but guys that are secure in themselves have have Mm -hmm. joined this group. So, cause yeah. Yes. So, but that's awesome. I love that. I love that. So, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I look forward to hearing more from you in the future and Bless you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Well, folks, that's another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Please, to learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry by visiting thezweigletter.com. You can read articles online, listen to this podcast, and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up today. For more info about Zweig Group's advisory service or any of Zweig Group's publications, visit zweiggroup.com. You can subscribe to the Zweig Letter Podcast wherever you listen to it, and please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we will see you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.